Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter, full stop. Ashton has plops. She's got plops. She uh, has got the plops. She's got the, the bad pandemic plops, actually. Is what she has, the, yeah. The COVID plop team. Yeah. Uh, pl- um, Plopvid. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking of her. And we're thinking of everyone else in the office who's got COVID. Yes, uh, we're going to start off by talking about the amazing summer party that happened last week, which was genuinely an awful lot of fun. Yeah, um, we had all sorts of stuff going on. We'll talk about that in a second. But in the aftermath, as of the time of recording this podcast, which is Wednesday morning, three people have tested positive for COVID. Yeah, two of which are on our team. Mm. Uh, one of which is meant to be on this podcast, the other of which is meant to edit this podcast. Yes. And also I shared a room with that person as well, that being Kieran. Yeah. Uh, currently I do not have COVID, but I go on holiday in the early hours of tomorrow morning and I swear to God, mm. if I come down with COVID, I'm going to be very cross. Yeah. Um, Kieran was also, he didn't know at the time, he felt he felt fine on Monday, but he was in on Monday and sits directly across from me. Mm-hmm. So I Blasting could have COVID. particles at you. Yeah, you might not have COVID yet, but I could be I giving know. it to you right now. We are in an enclosed space. Um, um, this is probably not advisable for us both to be here, no, really, or I'll, any of us, but there we are. I'll be testing tonight. Uh, it's sort of become apparent today that, okay, it's not just an isolated case where one person in the office might have it. It's like... Maybe we've all got it, so yeah. I'll be testing at my earliest convenience. But but it was fun up until that point yeah. when people started to feel bad. Uh, we all took a half day on Friday. Mm-hmm. We got on a, a bus, like a proper school trip. Yeah. We got on a big bus uh, to Whitley Bay, which is a, a seaside town near near where we work. Yeah. Um, half of us went and did an escape room. Mm. The other half went and did foot golf, which I'm sure was rubbish because the escape room was great. It was. It was very warm oh, and clammy. So warm. But fortunately, we weren't... At at the moment, as far as we know, we, know, we weren't locked in there with anyone who has tested positive for COVID yet. That's true. Neither Ashton nor Kieran were in there. So that's, that's something. We, it was a pirate-themed escape room. Mm, Mutiny, yeah. something or other. Had to solve various pirate clues to escape a sinking ship that mm. we were in. And I suppose the temperature was appropriate because it was in the, I think, the the loft or at least the top yeah. floor 
of a building in in a very very warm day and it was pretty unbearable in there there was a small flat uh, flan a small flan that was just yes. collapsing in the heat and a fan that yeah. was just sort of blowing hot air around the room mm-hmm. keeping us maximum hot so we were escaping for multiple reasons yeah uh, then we all got back and there was a barbecue that was attempted before it started to rain so ashton was a superstar and cooked loads of stuff on the hob in the caravans that we were staying in adam cooked even more than ashton did did he yeah oh he cooked loads of stuff yeah wow and he was pissed. Yeah. Like he was so drunk by that point. And as it was well. all gas cookers as well. So it, it for a while, because we had an issue with our cooker as well. We couldn't get it to light. And mm. people were just like turning it on, like trying to get, and it was going like, yeah. And you could just going to explode. Just gas hissing. You could smell it. Like this is maybe one of the people who's not drinking, i.e., me, should be trying to get the oven on rather than other people. But hey, look, we all lived. We all, well, yes, we all lived. We all lived. Mm. Uh, and then it was time to go over to the entertainment complex of the caravan park we were staying at yeah. uh, for some karaoke mm. and uh, to watch other people do karaoke. And I must say, the Cultaholic Triple Jump crowd dominated karaoke all night. Yeah, Nobody, I think there were maybe two or three, you could count on one hand, the other people attending the resort who'd had a go at karaoke. Mm-hmm. And apart from that, it was wall-to-wall Cultaholic and Triple Jump staff who were wailing away. Yeah, um, like cats. Yes. Adam had a go, but he went by the stage name Jamal, Jamal for some reason, which none of us knew until he stood up and went, way, and he had a good sing. Yeah. Um, I must say, Andrew Hodkinson from Cultaholic mm. did a fantastic rendition of Rollin', let that being Limp, Limp Biscuit. Biscuit. There may be some videos on the internet. But we want to shine a spotlight on our very own James Jenkins. A special boy. Who not only did Limp Biscuit, but he went all the way in. He sure did. He really tried very, very hard. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of audio from it because we do have access to that. It's mostly just Adam Pacitti drunkenly cackling in the background, having a really good time watching yeah. James Jenkins' excellent rendition. Uh, let's see if we can get this to play, if it's going to work. It was working a minute ago, mm-hmm. uh, and now it's not going to work, of course, which yeah. is, you know, sod's law, I believe is what they call it. Sod. Uh, is it going to work now? This is James Jenkins singing My Generation by Limp Biscuit. It's a little way into the performance. I'm going to have to reopen the app because okay. it's, it's now stopped working. Yeah, that's fine. Um, much like Ashton Matthews. It stopped working for the foreseeable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will have noticed that uh, she wasn't there at the joint stream this week. Yeah. Uh, not sure when she'll be back. I guess people will be back when either when they're testing positive, uh, negative or maybe 10 days after their first uh, positive test. Not sure. But uh, so just keep an eye on our social media uh, going forward to see who will be solo streaming as and when and who's going to be at joint streams if they even happen. Don't even know if it happened, the joint stream this week. No, not entirely sure. No. Uh, because you might have come down with COVID. By yeah, the time by the this, time it's uh, time for the joint this stream. Releases. James might be out with COVID as well. I don't yeah. know who's editing this. I'm now attempting to download the video because it's not actually wanting to play anymore. Despite the fact that it did. It did. Just before we started recording. I did my best to fill there. But, you uh, did a great job. Thanks. The speed at which it is downloading is not very fast. Okay. Maybe uh, we'll have to have an update. Uh, uh, we'll have to go back to karaoke halfway through the podcast. We'll have to have a karaoke break yeah. halfway through. Uh, I'm going to lock my phone, and mm. it's probably going to just suddenly, it's just going to go, my generation, yes, just out of the totally corner possible. of the room. Um, 
But of course, we're not sponsored by the Summer Party, which is slowly killing our uh, our Workforce, team here. Yeah, yeah at uh, Coltolic and Triple Jump, uh, we're sponsored by a very real sponsor each and every week uh, that helps us keep the lights on here. Uh, it's actually Ashton's turn, mm-hmm. is what it says. But she's not here. Uh, so instead, what we're going to do is take a moment to be quite sincere, if you will allow us, yeah. uh, and say that all this week you may have seen on social media that we are streaming in aid of Planned Parenthood Federation of America in light of recent events. Uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash TJ Charity, and TJ Charity is in all caps. There'll also be a link in the description if you want to follow it there. Uh, you can donate. All the money goes directly to Planned Parenthood. Um, and uh, if you're watching the live streams, we're not going to be taking any super chat or bits and so on and so forth or donations it's all just bit.ly forward slash tj charity uh, raising money for planned parenthood so if you can afford to give please do uh, because it's a very very worthwhile cause at the moment yeah uh, we the plan was to have everyone solo stream and the joint stream be raising money for charity uh you managed to do yours I did, i've done um, mine so we got one in the books we hadn't got it set up when it was mine so i'm hope hopefully doing mine this coming monday after the podcast comes out if i'm still kicking uh ashton is away this week and might be well we don't know when anyway it's the the plan was to do five and we're just going to see how many we're able to do we're going to do as many as yeah. we can uh but do bear in mind that you don't need to be watching a live stream to no. donate you can do it at any point that's right uh, so do check that out if you are in a position to do so uh before we move on to question one yes oh, it's downloaded 1.8 megabytes <laughs> come on oh it worked before. Oh, I pressed play and it looked like it was going to work, but now it's not. I'm going to... Mm. I don't know what to do. I could just try it on my app. Yeah, maybe, maybe. try it on yours, because I got four bars of 4G and it worked a minute ago and now it's not working. You're not on the Wi-Fi? Not in here, no. Oh. Not on this Wiffle. Uh, I thought 4G would be enough. And quite frankly, the Wi-Fi in this office is at, uh, is at best spotty. Oh. oh. it's so good it's really really good the best part is that my generation he missed the first one right Mm. at the start he wasn't ready for it so it was just sort of it faded out halfway through and he was slightly off time and it was just one of the funniest performances i've ever seen he put his whole karaoke into it his james jussie yeah he put his whole jenkins jussie into it um and it was hysterical Mm -hmm. and it was also full of swear words and there were a lot of kids around yeah uh, as was rolling actually Mm. but for some reason it censored it had the it had flip in it several times yeah and the lyrics when it came up on screen it censored those it said f and then asterisks but the s word was fine ship yeah you can say ship all you want but you can't say flip yes used to it i think so he had to keep self-censoring but he didn't do it by replacing the word he'd just go shh (laughs) <laughs> it just like fade himself down oh, it was brilliant it was so good um i'll see if we can i'll see if james is proud enough of that to tweet that out right uh, because the footage should go online because it was a hell of a performance mm-hmm. i think uh, it certainly was there we are it's time for question one peter yep it's from trevor price that's trevor price dun, dun. i'd say that every time mm. hi pab well it's just pb it's today. just pa. uh no 
pub. <laughs> That's still not right. <laughs> I am I am a full-time chef and often do around 70 to 80 hours in my role. Often in my industry, chefs who admit to being gamers are less likely to be hired. Judgment aimed at it being a lazy hobby. I'm now a head chef and my pastry chef is an avid gamer and very reliable. Do you think this stigma will ever go away or is it here to stay? Thanks, Tender Stems. Thanks, Tender Stems. Thank you, Tender Stems. Um, Trevor Price, I personally, I've, I've never really heard of it sort of directly affecting people's work uh, or, you know, like being hired. Mm. I know that there obviously is a stigma and I'm sure that some employers probably make hiring decisions based on things that they shouldn't do and on paper they would never admit to it uh but it, it happens uh it clearly happens in places um so it kind of it, it wouldn't surprise me if people were, were making those decisions and not kind of saying it but the fact that you know that mm. this is something that happens in your industry is a bit of a surprise to me really that it's kind of a known issue um i mean whether it, whether it's in the workplace or it's elsewhere and it's, you know, parents or, you know, politicians or people on the news, I think the stigma that has affected video gaming uh, certainly is already better than it was in the 80s and 90s. And I think essentially uh, it will dissipate over time as older people die. I have written, these people are dying off. Yeah. That's my first line. Uh-huh. Yeah, because generally speaking, uh, most people, at least in the Western world, probably play a bit of video games growing up, even if it doesn't turn into their big hobby. Mm. I think they understand the appeal. You know, everyone's played a bit of Mario Kart, for example, and maybe FIFA and stuff like that. Wii Sports. Wii Sports. Yeah, exactly. So anyone born from probably about... Full stop. Anyone born. Anyone born from probably about... 1980 onwards has probably to some extent played video games growing up and uh you know anyone born before then they're dying off mm. and those post 80s children are becoming adults who probably don't look at video games in the same way that people older than them do yeah um hopefully yeah there's it, always going to be some people who there are. are a bit snobby about it but and it doesn't mean that you can't make a joke at your own expense like you know i'm not saying that 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 it's our joke that only we can make as people who play games but there, yeah. there is it's it's a stereotype but that's it yeah and there are people who genuinely can't move for video games um but those people have addiction issues and that's yeah. an entirely separate ball of wax that's yeah. that's nothing to do with the games albeit as we've spoken about numerous times some games do have intentionally predatory practices yes. that people do fall foul of mm. uh but largely it's you know the, the addiction issues are addiction issues and to be discrim actively discriminated against for playing video games is very bizarre yeah i don't know as as trevor refers to it as his industry I, it may well be something because a lot of industries have their sort of not dirty secrets but things that are kind of kept quiet and not spoken about yeah i can speak not as a professional wrestler, but certainly from the numerous anecdotes I've heard about professional wrestling, people have to, quote-unquote, pay their dues. And sometimes they are intentionally hurt in matches. You know, right. that like, you're meant to be able to obviously trust the person that you're wrestling against. Yeah. And if the other person takes things too far intentionally to teach you a lesson, you, if you are young and new to that industry, you can't speak up or 
you no one will want to work with you you won't yeah. get booked no so you there's there's that kind of stuff that goes on and i'm sure that this kind of discrimination probably exists in practically every close knit hard working uh inside a sort of exclusive industry you know yeah. chefs have to work very hard and they have to be very skilled and i'm sure that there are bonds that form there that people don't want to be threatened mm. but to there are about three billion people worldwide who say that they've played games yeah. roughly yeah. i don't know how that survey was carried out but apparently that's roughly right. the number uh so to just to discriminate based on that is very silly yeah it's like it is. you have a subscription to netflix well you're clearly lazy aren't mm. you don't you dare come into my kitchen or my swamp if yes shrek was the chef mm -hmm. shref Yes. And that is where I will end my point. Okay. Well, I think that was a very good way to put it. Thank you. Um, it's time for another section now. Uh, it's one we've never done before. Oh, we've been Ashton. waiting until Ashton is not here to do it because I <sighs> don't really want to share. Um, but no. It's called... You better not do it when I'm gone next week. I no, we won't. God. Yeah. I promise. Uh, well, we'll see if she's even in. I don't know what the podcast situation will be next week. Mm. We'll find out. Uh, it's called What We Play In. Oh. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we've been playing. Peter, yeah. what have you been playing? I've been all over this week. Have you? Uh, I have. So I've played a little bit more KO the Kangaroo. Mm. I've only been doing that in small chunks. Basically, what I've been doing is playing it on stream for two hours. And then before the next stream, I play like just the next sort of 15 minutes, half hour, um, so that I sort of know what's coming up in my stream. And then when I'm... And then when I stream again, I go back to where I was sort of thing. So I'm not I'm not playing off camera and keeping that progress. I'm just just seeing I'm having a little a little spy at what's coming up. A little sneak and peek. A little sneak. Yeah, exactly. Sneak um, and so I, I've been continuing to do that. Wow. I got I mean, this was actually when I was playing on stream rather than playing at home. But I, I, I finally, I think, lost my patience with that game. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, for the second time on stream, I found myself in a situation where I could not progress through the level because of a foolish, just frankly badly designed system mm. where you are a, that you have a finite number of usable items that allow you sometimes to progress through puzzles. So I got to this puzzle where I was in this big lake and I had to carry this crystal thing to get to the door on the other side. There was like a jetty and then a lake and then a jetty and a door. Okay. Needed to take the crystal to the door, but I couldn't take the crystal over the water because it's a big, heavy crystal. So I had to use my freezing powers to freeze the lake. I picked up a freeze charge, mm -hmm. as it's called. And before I froze the lake, I saw, oh, there's a little side area over there. Mm -hmm. That also requires a freeze charge to get into probably a secret area where I can pick up one of the letters of my name or something like that. How exciting. Okay. So I did that. I used the freeze charge over there because normally when you do that, when you get into the secret area, it then gives you a freeze charge back again. So you're back to where you were. Right. Went into the secret area, got the stuff, no freeze charges. Uh, okay. What do I do now? And I was That's just KO. stuck in this lake area and... I just couldn't freeze the lake anymore. So I had to restart the level. Brilliant. Um, just terrible design. Really, really I bad. I don't understand how that happens. No, because if you've got that, I said this, I was ranting in the stream. I said like, if you have a, a system in your game where there are these finite resources, yeah. you need to say to yourself, right, I'm going to draw a flow chart of like 
where the player can have picked these up, where they can have spent them, and what the minimum number that they might might have at this point is. So if 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 they're able to reach this point in the game and they have zero and need one to get through that door, I need to yeah. think of that and have a ha- have one there. Um, there. There's even objects in the game that give you infinite ones. They let you like fill up your your ammo right. up to full, but you just don't see them that often. Mm. So it was just yeah. I was I was livid. Um, I might not continue on next next week. How I'm, far through do you think you? Well, are? that's the, that's what it's going to come down to. If I've got like mm. one, maybe two streams worth left, I'm just going to finish it. But if it's if it's three or more, I'm not playing. You're it. out. I'm You're out. tapping out. Yeah. So played a bit of Ko. Um, got mad on it playing it on stream. Uh, I golfed with my friends. Did you uh, the other day? Yeah, amazing. Um, just some friends I've not played games with in a long time, and we said, "Hey, should we should we golf? You want to golf with, with each me? other?" Yeah. yeah. So I did, uh, and then I played one other game, um, but it's it's sort of it's my answer to question big discussion. Okay. To question big discussion. Question so big discussion. I might just leave that for now. But I played oh. a certain game uh, for a certain reason, which we will come to in the BD. So, of course, the BD. Uh, ben, what have you been playing? I've also played a few things. I finally had some time because uh, unlike some people, Ashton Matthews, James Jenkins, mm. who stayed the full weekend yeah. for the summer party, you left Friday evening. few other people left Friday evening. Mm-hmm. I stayed one Friday night on a bed that was too small for me and I could feel every spring in my spine. Yeah, um, It was like sleeping in a tomb. Which I'm very grateful for the accommodation, obviously. And yeah. I don't want to sound ungrateful because I had a fantastic time. No, but it was a comically small it bed. Was, I didn't fit on it. Like my feet were hanging. You saw it. My feet were hanging off the end yeah. of it. It was not an ideal situation for such a long boy. And uh, It was so, narrow as well. Yes, it was also very narrow. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, the entire room was sort of the width of a bed that I would consider acceptable. Yeah. Uh, but there were two beds in there some somehow. Mm. Um, and so I was counting down the time on my phone. I couldn't sleep anyway because certain members of the Cultaholic team, for some reason, had chosen our triple jump caravan to stay up and drink in. And they were being extremely loud and throwing food around. And if you've heard about what happened at the Christmas party, let's just say the people who threw food at the Christmas party also threw food around at the summer party because that's seemingly something that they do when they're drunk. I did not know this. Uh, So it was extremely loud until like 2 or 3 a.m. So you'd you'd gone to bed. I went to bed at like midnight. Wow. Um, And they were still doing it. And then Kieran came to bed a little after. Uh, Alex, one of our video editors who edits all of our ranked lists um, and... James stayed up with them for a bit Mm. and then they couldn't get back into their caravan because Jack had wandered off with the key. Then the, the, those who couldn't get into their caravan because of Jack started ranting and raving to like a ludicrous level, like so seethingly furiously angry. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. He'll, you'll, he'll be back soon. I'm sure. Uh, they then left to try and get in. James locked the door because he was like, I'm going to bed. And then they came back, started hammering on oh the door and they wouldn't stop until they were let back in. So basically I couldn't get to sleep oh. for ages. Then I eventually drifted off, but it was super uncomfortable. Every time I rolled over, I just went into the wall that was next to it. Cause yeah. I had to wake up to roll over. Cause otherwise I was just going to fall yeah. out of the bed. Uh, I checked my phone like every hour from about four 30 until I deemed it a reasonable enough time to get up mm. and just go outside. Yeah. So as soon as it hit like quarter past seven, I grabbed my book. I put on some sun cream. I, I headed out to the, to the beach and I read my book. Yeah. And, and I just needed to get out of there. But 
the main purpose of that was to be ready to leave in the morning on Saturday. Because mm-hmm. I'd packed for two nights. Right. And I thought, no. you know what? I can't. I saw the bed and thought, I'm not sleeping in there for two nights. Yeah. So I managed to get home for like a pretty reasonable time, like lunchtime on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then I had like a two, one and a half day. For the first time in weeks, I had a day and a half where I had nothing on and I could just play games. And Excellent. It was really nice. So I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nice. Um, which was very fun and it is an excellent game and with the uh, i really picked a good time to finish it with the announcement of the of the second yeah. one or the confirmation of the second one mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me then i played through the yuffie dlc called intermission which was the main purpose of me playing it through anyway and that was fun bite-sized sort of two and a half hours long thereabouts had some side quests at the start you bump into a couple of characters that, that from the from the main game um there's also they've added the there's a bit in the original game uh, where you go to Fort Condor, which is a massive great big condor nesting on the top of a of a reactor, and the Shinra forces are trying to take it, and it becomes an RTS where you have you deploy troops and units to oh, stop nice. their advance up the hill. Yeah. And they've adapted that into sort of a board game that you can play against a few people in this DLC. Uh, and I was able to sort of brute force it by just choosing loads of the cheapest units and forcing them down one avenue to destroy the right. other enemy's base. But that was that was quite cool to see. Uh, it was a bit melodramatic, and they included a couple of characters that I wasn't expecting to see that I don't really give a crap about, and I think might complicate it to almost Kingdom Hearts levels, right? Where just sort of additional characters that were introduced in side media are now part of it, and I'm uh, not, yeah. not sure how keen I am about that. But seemingly, people were excited when I googled them to try and find out who the hell they were. Um, uh, I played a little bit of WWE 2K22. And I got incredibly frustrated because I was playing through the male career mode. And the last thing I needed to do was win uh, the WWE Championship. And in order to do that, I had to win the Royal Rumble. But because of the decisions, apparently, that I'd made in a storyline, I had to come in at number two and outlast everybody else to win. And there are 30 people in a Royal Rumble. And that is RNG, the game. Because you can be eliminated for seemingly no reason at any point. Mm -hmm. And it's entirely luck-based. So when I was Googling it furiously, a lot of people were like, it was fine, I had no problem. But I was trying to eliminate people, and it was like a a flip of a coin to decide whether or not they would counter that attempt. And if they counter it, you go right out. Brilliant. Doesn't matter when. You do it. It could be they. You could uh, be on the last guy. You could. They could just counter and send you flying right out. Doesn't matter. Uh, so that was rubbish. But I did eventually do it. Um, and the last thing I played is Alan Wake. Oh yeah. Which I have now started. I've played two chapters of that. It's episodic, which I didn't realize, which mm-hmm. is actually quite nice because it breaks it up nice and easily. Not too spooky for you. Not too spooky for me. Um, it's definitely heavily inspired by David Lynch stuff. Yeah. In fact, they wear their references on their sleeves so much that they actively call people out. Like It's just like Alfred Hitchcock's uh, the, the Crows or The Birds or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Um, and I can't decide whether the writing is a bit rubbish or whether it's intentionally meant to invoke feelings of uneasiness and weirdness like David Lynch's work, yeah. like Twin Peaks. I'm airing more on the side of it's a bit 2009 it feels very heavy rain in a lot Mm -hmm. of places like very awkward video game kisses animated strangely and writing that's a 
bit hokey and weird. I can see why it's really popular and it does have some genuinely unsettling moments and I'm really glad I'm playing it because I am enjoying it and I'm looking forward to the sequel. But as someone who didn't play it through when it came out, it's showing its age it's a just, a, to... just, a, just a bit. Um, yeah. So, yes. But it's good though. I'm liking it. Okay. I have a plug though. Yes. Because a documentary I did the voiceover for is out this week. That's right. Uh, in the UK only. And it's uh, I think they're looking for distribution elsewhere soon. It's called Golden Era, all one word. And it's a feature-length documentary about GoldenEye 007. The, yeah. the, the rare... It wasn't rare, was it? Uh, yeah, it was, it, was it was rare. It was rare. Yeah. The rare classic, I should know, uh, the rare classic game. I found it super informative. Uh, I saw an early draft of it a few months ago, and it's got interviews with like loads of the developers, including Dr. David Doak, the legendary Dr. David Doak, and uh, a couple of names that went on, obviously, to do Time Splitters, which yeah. we're huge fans Pierce of. Pierce Brosnan. But it has Pierce Bronholm in it? No, it has a clip of Pierce Bronholm being interviewed on Jimmy Fallon in it because they talk about the game. Yeah. Uh, but it's really fascinating. Uh, it's on... Uh, Prime Video, Apple TV, Sky Store, Rakuten TV, and Google Play. You can rent it or you can buy it. Um, and if you're remotely interested, please do go and check it out. And I think uh, hopefully it should be available uh, elsewhere soon. Mm -hmm. But it is out now if you want to go give it a watch. Just uh, mention that because there's a lot of crossover here. So that's Golden Era. Excellent. If you're interested. It's time for question two. Yeah, Ashton. Maybe you should read it, Ben. Oh, yeah, she's, I think she's plopping. Michael Malat asks, I used to always play video games on normal difficulty because I felt this was the standard. As I've gotten older, I find myself leaning more towards easy at times. Maybe my childhood skills have drifted. Maybe my patience is just different. I don't know. What difficulty do you normally play games on? And has this changed over time? Thank you, Michael. I always now play games on easy slash even story mode if story mode's available. I don't always pick story mode, but I will always pick easy at 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 least at most you at know a minimum. what i mean at a minimum yeah and sometimes take it further to story mode um that's partly just because i feel like i don't really have time to be playing any game that's going to require you know a few sort of restarts and go overs and things i'd rather just be able to i don't I'm not bothered whether i literally do it in one but yeah i, I don't want to get stuck on anything basically uh, i simply do not have the time uh, but I always used to pick until I don't know, maybe maybe four or five years ago, I would always pick normal straight mm. out of the gate. Um, even with a game, say a, a sequel came out for a game I was good at or familiar with, you know, um, like like if Tekken 6 came out, for example, and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm all right at Tekken. I wouldn't I would never like stick it up on hard mode. I would just play normal first time round, And then only after that would I increased difficulty or like halo for example i would always pick normal mm. um and that partly comes from that as michael says i think it's just standard it's probably sort of the kind of intended experience on the part of the developer uh but also because i remember a time and i've i've said this before a long time ago on the podcast and i can never think of examples of where this is the case but i can think of a time where um me and my friends would, we were sort of aware that there were some games, if you played on easy mode, you wouldn't necessarily get... Time Splitters 2. Was Time Splitters 2 one? Yeah, it cut off entire full... like, levels Yeah, and stuff. that was like, one, actually. Latter yeah. portions of levels. You wouldn't necessarily get the full experience. And sometimes it would even... In the same way that nowadays, playing on like super hard mode will give you like a bonus ending. 
there have been games in the past where if you play on easy mode, you actually get less than the normal ending. Mm. Um, and so that was a main reason why I would always play on normal is because I didn't want to like have stuff taken away from me by the developers. Um, I guess, you know, maybe in the case of time splitters, they're not taking segments away from you because they're like, oh, well, if you're playing on normal, you don't deserve it. Uh, you're playing on easy, you don't deserve this. I think it's more they were trying to make it easier for you. But yeah, uh, yeah. so that was always the reasoning for me. Just play the intended way. Uh, but now I, I I have to play easy. Uh, but fortunately now it tends to be that that's still the full experience. It's yeah. just simpler. What about you, Ben? Uh, it depends on the experience I'm trying to go for. So if I'm replaying something as with Final Fantasy recently, um, I, I've, I stuck it on easy because yeah. I've played it before. I've also, in this particular instance, played it on the hardest difficulty for the trophies, and that nearly killed me. That was not a fun experience. That yeah. was just a why am I doing this to myself kind of experience. Mm -hmm. um, I will obviously play games on a much harder difficulty if I'm going for trophies. Um, normally, I will pick normal. But in the case of when I'm coming to a game very late that I just kind of want to get through, or if it's a big game, again, for a time-saving uh, uh, goal, yeah. much like yourself, I will put it on the easiest difficulty. So Alan Wake, I'm playing through on easy mm -hmm. because I don't want a challenge. I yeah. want to experience the game. Yeah. Um, when I eventually play Horizon Forbidden West, I will likely put that on because I imagine that probably has a story mode difficulty. Yeah, I, I don't know does. if I, I want that, but I but certainly I'll probably play it on an easier difficulty just because while I want to be challenged a little bit, that is not what I'm playing the game for. When I stream games, unless I'm doing a challenge run for a trophy like I did with the Outer Worlds where my last trophy was to play it on the hardest difficulty, which was terrible, mm -hmm. um, I universally put the games on easy because I want it to be interesting for people to watch. Yeah. And not that I doubt my abilities when it comes to playing games. I just don't think I can foster a fun environment if i'm getting frustrated or if i'm dying over and over or if again. you're having to concentrate more you know yeah i like, can't talk and yeah. i know that there are streamers who do that very well mm. um but that's you know we're not streamers no. that's not our main job title it's just something that we do in addition to our daily duties so uh that's not what it's for someone resubscribed actually on my stream last night and said I don't think they intended for it to be accusatory, right. but it it did come across a little bit that way where they sort of said, why do you always play these games on easy? You should at least put it on normal. And it was like, are you flipping? Well, firstly, I explained the same thing I just explained now. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, have you seen how buggy WWE 2K22 <laughs> is? I won a two-on-one handicap match last night, which was a giant pain in the ass because the reversal system is bad in that game. And every time I countered one person, the other person was there waiting to start hitting me again. Mm -hmm. um, and then I beat them and it crashed. So right. I had to do it again. Okay. I have absolutely no interest on play in playing that on normal. Well, Thank you very much. Even if we didn't have the reasoning that you've just explained that, you know, it just makes it a better streaming experience for everyone. Like no yeah. matter what the reasoning, and as you say, I'm sure they probably weren't actually. Absolutely not. I'm sure. I'm sure they weren't. But just broadly speaking, I don't think anyone should gatekeep difficulties or no. gatekeep games and say you're only really playing this if you're playing it on normal or playing mm. it on extreme mode or whatever i have all the respect in the world for people who are doing that yeah of course um, i hope you enjoy that but much like you i find my time is becoming more and more finite yeah um on this earth 
and also week to week uh, to play games. So I'm here for a fun time, not a long time. Mm. And increasingly my... I like to think that I choose normal most of the time, but increasingly the the brackets under which playing on easy, you know, things fall. You know what I'm trying to say, English yeah. words. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing more and more games on easy for a wider variety of reasons mm. now than I used to. Yeah. Um, and that's purely because of time constraints or because, as with Alan Wake, it's a game that, uh, you know, it's it's over a decade old. and. Yeah. If if I was if it was the pop culture zeitgeist at the time in the moment playing it with everyone else, I probably would put it on normal. Yeah, but because it's it's a game out of time now. Mm. Why? Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter, does it? I just want to see the story and play through it and see if I like it for for when the sequel comes mm. out. So, yeah, that's the other thing though. What you say about the 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 zeitgeist thing? Like if if there's a game that comes out that is clearly going to be the one that everyone's going to be talking about for a while. I'm sometimes, and not, I don't always go through with it, but I'm sometimes tempted to put it on normal so that when discussing it, say for a quipscope or, you know, just here and now on the podcast, I'm able to at least talk about, oh, I think this game's difficulty spike is too, too steep or, you know, like you can compare it to the normal difficulty. If I'm playing on story mode and then, most of the conversation online is, man, it, this game's really hard. Then it's not. I'm not really able to to comment on you know that main topic of conversation. Um, so yeah, yeah. I had to. Very rarely do I have to actively lower the difficulty when I don't want to, but I did do that with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because despite being a Soulsborne fan, yeah, I just couldn't get on with the combat. I didn't find it very fun, mm. and I found it particularly frustrating because I was using a lightsaber, and it didn't make sense to me that enemies were hard to beat when yeah. I had a lightsaber. Mm. Um, so having to like. Be, you know, dodging is understandable, but particularly, you know, we've spoken ad nauseum about uh, the pitfalls of Fallen Order. But I, I was just irritated that some enemies took a lot of hits with a lightsaber to kill. And yeah. that was really frustrating me. And obviously, because of its Metroidvania design, there are some enemies you're meant to come back to later. Yeah. And I didn't like that no, because I, I didn't really want to like play a game like that, like that. Yeah. I wanted to kill it then. And it was my own fault for repeatedly bashing my head against a wall to the extent where I was like, I know I can beat this thing. Yeah. I'm just going to put it on easy and have done with it and just get through this game. Yeah, I did that. I think that might, that probably marks around the time that I started playing games on easy mode and story mode for the sake of uh, speed, because I mm -hmm. sat down and I probably didn't make the decision with full on order based on um, time I had in the day. It was probably because I didn't want to play a semi Soulsborne, you know, souls like game. Yeah. Um, and also because I, it's been a very long time, if ever, that I've played a game where you encounter a boss and you're supposed to come back later. Mm. So when I encountered, what's he called? Ogdo Bogdo? Oh yeah, that was it. It was that literally Ogdo Bogdo. He's like in the second level. You got a lightsaber. Yeah. And I started fighting. I was like, why can't I beat this like first boss? It's just a frog. Mm. And so <laughs> it's I- just a frog. So I- uh, trained Jedi. Just an innocent frog. So I, I thought, well, Clearly something's wrong here. Clearly the combat system I'm going to struggle with in this game, not even necessarily understanding that, no, you're supposed to come back later to this. So yeah. I just stuck it on easy mode, killed the frog um, that everyone else complained about for weeks and yeah. weeks on social media. And then is it a failing of the game? It. Is it a failing of the player? Ultimately, it doesn't yeah, matter because accessibility features have come an awful long way. We've come from Time Splitters 2, them taking out portions yeah. of levels because they're like, screw it, that'll make it easier, just yeah. make it shorter. 
to providing difficulty options for people who find the game challenging, who don't have enough time. I mean, story mode is for people, for both of those, perfectly. Yeah. People who don't have enough time to to have the headache of, of uh, you know, retrying areas mm. and people who genuinely just very much struggle with it yeah. uh, for, for whatever reason. Uh, so, yes, I think the answer is it varies. I like to think I choose normal, but increasingly I'm choosing easy. Yeah. That was almost a big discussion, really, wasn't it? It was. Probably could have moved that up a bit, but never mind. Uh, it's time for something a little strange. Yeah. Uh, I would call it um, Where d- Nails. I'll call it that too. Where Where, where Nails. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. JD Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. First up, though, we need to shout out our podcast producers. If you go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and support us at a certain tier, you can become a podcast producer and get a shout out right here in Weird News. And because we didn't have a fake sponsor at the start, I should also say that if you want to submit a question to this show, $1 a month, it's nothing. You're yeah. not even going to notice it's gone. No. You get access to the question post for this. We have tons of other tiers available, including the After Dark podcast that's exclusive to Patreon, where we can swear and talk about anything that isn't to do with video games. Yeah, uh, And uh, that's... Yeah, that's a good one. You should listen to that or, yeah. you know, support us on Patreon and become a podcast producer. Who we got, Peter? Uh, we've got Nathan. G.Y. Goliath. Sean Legg. Corey Duffel. Janet Wicks. Wicks. Ellie Nicholas. Erica Hutchinson. Melody L. Bonnet. Katie Jarrett. And Gabrielle Philippink. Thank you so much, Thank podcast you. producers. Janet Wicks asked us why we say Janet Wicks the way we do. On, yes. On but she said that she enjoys it anyway. Good. I'm glad she does. Weeks. Weeks. Uh, also, if you want to submit some weird news to us, keep an eye on our social media channels. We usually ask for them on a Tuesday. Yes. So comment underneath and we might use it. Uh, this is a story that was submitted to us by Stephen Skodes. Mm. Um, it's from Eurogamer. Um, or our gamer. Yeah. Or, yeah, indeed. Us a gamer. Uh, if you want to get serious about this. It's written by Ed Nightingale, mm-hmm. uh, who says... 
Tekken 2 accidentally priced at $10,000 on the PSN store. <sighs> little quote here. Well, little subheading in quotes for some reason. What a marvelous price, Sony. Good. Um, so here we go. Eurogamer.net. Yes. Tekken 2 was accidentally priced at almost $10,000. Oh, it's just opened an ad. Thank ah. you. Just covered up what I was reading. Vero Gamer. On the PSN store, catching the attention of Tekken director... Katushiro Harada. I think I said that right. I oh, know. No, it's Katsuhiro. Oh, that's oh, embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. Cut that, James. Yeah, just cut it all out. Um, the PS1 Classic Fighter has been added to the store as part of the PS Plus subscription. But as Twitter user the KB Gamer spotted, the game was incorrectly listed as costing $9,999. Oh, dear. Harada shared the tweet, joking, quote, what a marvelous price, Sony. So it was a quote, actually. Oh, there we are. Uh, presumably, he would uh, he would have taken quite the bonus at that oh, price. Oh, oh, oh. Well I doubt he gets done, a direct yeah. cut. Does he still work? For... No idea. Who knows? Um, it's then got an embedded version of the tweet. What a marvelous price, Sony, he says in all caps. Um the US launch of PS Plus has added dozens more ga- we're on to the filler now. Yep. Has added dozens more games to the subscription than what was available to users in Asia. We've got the full list of games right here. Mm-hmm. Hyperlink. Thank you. Europe will need to wait a little longer for access. It launches here on the 23rd of June. Well, this is a dated article along yep. with Australia and New Zealand. Meanwhile, in Tekken news, Tekken 7 recently became the highest That's selling it. game get in all the those, series. Get all those Hyperlinks keywords in there. In there. Uh, with 53 million copies, and there's a link to their other article, and that is the end. And then there's a paragraph at the bottom that just says, Tekken, 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 new PlayStation Plus, new yeah. PlayStation Plus, Tekken, Tekken, Tekken. Can't you hero. Thank you, Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer for that story, and thank you, Stephen, for sending it in. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, my news comes from Lloyd Williams, although uh, I grabbed it quite early on, so a few more people may have submitted this because it is a good, weird news. Right. Uh, this comes from Kotaku. I believe it might have been originally posted by Nintendo Life, given the numbers that I saw attached to their tweet. Random. Random when I saw it originally. Uh, But uh, nonetheless, here's the Kotaku version from Isaiah Colbert. And the headline is, WWE superstar John Cena kept asking Nintendo for a new 2D Metroid and then got it. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Apparently outside of being a 16-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion, a surprisingly decent rapper, and occasionally intangible to the human eye, John Cena is also a huge mark for the Metroid series. Hey, come on. He's also uh, uh, that, you know, the one, the guy. I've actually seen it. It's really good. Why can't I think of it? That oh, superhero, yeah. Peacemaker. He's also Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Is he a, does he rap? Yeah, he did a rap. Surprisingly good rapper. He did do okay. he did do a rap album. Yeah, in like two thousand and I want to say four or five. Okay, it was all right. Yeah, yeah, that's where his theme song's from. Do, do, oh, do, do. is it's it from his rap album? Yeah. yeah. Uh, According to Dan Reichert, the Giant Bomb creative director and former WWE podcast producer, I didn't know WWE had podcasts, but there we are, Mm. Cena told Nintendo representatives he'd love to play a new 2D Metroid game during his 2017 photo shoot for for the Nintendo's... For the Nintendo, for the Nintendo's, for the Nintendo's, for Nintendo's Unexpected Places Switch advertisement. Mm. The kicker? When Metroid Dread came out years later, he was sent a copy, Reichert said on Twitter, seen as people sent an email back saying, John loves it. Oh, the ads. Uh, 
Krista Yang, a former Nintendo staff men- member, corroborated Reichert's tweet, saying he did say how much of a Metroid fan he was. He's a really nice guy. This isn't the first time that the Doctor of Thugonomics has openly talked about his penchant for video games. Back in 2008, Cena spoke highly of his love for old-school games like the real-time strategy, class- uh, real-time strategy classic Command & Conquer Red Alert 3. Good game. The then-WWE champion proceeded to cut a promo of sorts on games like Madden, Tecmo Bowl and Baseball Stars saying the game saying the game was the very essence for what he stands for building a huge army and destroying a lot of flip <laughs> Kotaku's reached out to Cena for comment that's it what are you expecting him to say to that but uh, okay and then and then there's there's some real Kotaku level nonsense uh Maybe the Samus Cena appreciation goes both ways, given that in Metroid Dread, one of her new abilities, Phantom Cloak, allows her to pull off a you-can't-see-me of her own. What, just go invisible? Sure, I could be reading too much into things, but tell me with a straight face that, come Cena's return to the ring, you wouldn't lose your flip if he added transforming into a morph ball to his five moves of doom. Wow. Really just went full Kotaku at the end there, yeah. didn't it? Um, I, so I did see this story and I saw people tweeting, um, if there's a game in development hell you really want to be made, just get your local John Cena to uh, talk about it and yeah. maybe you'll get... Yeah. Do you com- reckon he'll uh, he'll have a chat about Beyond Good and Evil 2? Hmm. I, I really would so. love a new Beyond Good and Evil. Eve. I really, really My would My good love. friend Eve Gilmour. Gilmour. Yeah. Get on it, Eve. There we are. That's weird news. Thank Mm. you to everyone who submitted strange news. Uh, We've got another question now. We have. It's from Gregors25, who says, Hello, BAP. With with Ashton having recently played through Cyberpunk, well after its original iffy launch, and having a great time, full stop. I was wondering if there are any games that you're glad that you waited to play due to bugs, etc., uh, hello due to bugs etc and likewise are there any games that you wish you'd wait to play instead of playing them at launch mm. thank you Gregors thank you very much Gregors um, I'm glad not necessarily due to for, for bug reasons but for reasons that will become obvious I'm glad that I waited on No Man's Sky mm. um, I mean I'm not saying that when I did finally get around to playing it that I was blown away by it and thought hell yeah this was worth waiting for but I didn't play it at launch. I played it a good six months or maybe even a year afterwards. Um, someone at What Culture gave me their copy um, and they were like getting rid of it. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take it, physical copy. And uh, I thought, yeah, this is all right. This is like a lot closer to what I expected the game to be uh, than what it had been at launch. So that was a good move. Mm. Um, I struggled though to think of games that I wished I'd waited on. I've played games that have had bugs from from the beginning, but I can't think of one that sort of ruined the experience by how buggy it was. Right. Um, I've not played, and that might partly be because I've not played uh, certain games at launch that probably were ruined by bugs. So, for example, I played a few Assassin's Creed games in my time, but I've not played most of those at launch. Um, uh you know, I, I I've not played some infamous games like Batman. Uh, was it Arkham? Arkham Knight on, Knight on, on PC. PC. It was on was PC broken, specifically. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there are some infamous games that uh, I I've just not. Uh, I managed to dodge them just by chance. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure about ones that I should have waited on. I don't 
don't think there are any in particular. I mean, KO the kangaroo, maybe. That's probably the closest one. Yeah. Um, that's very buggy and needs a whole load of fixes. Uh, but that'll hopefully happen in time. Mm. But um, if I'd waited for that game to be fixed, it wouldn't have, again, it wouldn't have been one that blew my socks off if I'd hung around probably and waited not. for the final no. polished version. But yeah, maybe that's the latest one. What about you, Ben? Well, the, pretty much any game that I've played as part of a collection or as, as a remaster, mm. uh, because that's probably intended at least to be the best version of that game. Yeah. Uh, so Bioshock 2, when I played that through for the first time, that was part of the, the Bioshock collection or the Return to Rapture collection, whatever it was called. Yeah, I played um, the Nathan Drake collection. That was my first first experience of um yeah so you'll have better controls and yeah and stuff like that it was a little buggy but it was uh i'd, I'd say that was still better than probably the original. a better way yeah, yeah. Play. uh more recently i played control with all the dlc and the i think it had like ray tracing and stuff like that or maybe a 60 frames mode i'm not entirely sure when that got the free oh no it wasn't a free ps5 upgrade was it you had to. Have, there was a lot of controversy around the time. You had to have like oh, the ultimate edition or something right. to be upgraded. But uh, and then it went on plus, maybe, maybe that's how I played it. I can't remember. People were cross though. People are always cross. Uh, it might have been that. Uh, so that was good. I'm d- looking forward when I play Horizon Forbidden West. That's going to come with all those patches and updates and the content packs and stuff that we talked about here before. You know, with the mm-hmm. outfit mi- mix and match and the reattribute re. re- respec of skill points and the new game plus and stuff like that so that that'll be a much better version um when i first played through metal gear solid one uh i was grateful for the fact that there were guides uh, out yeah. and available see that's a good reason to hang around on some games yes sure. especially considering that i was playing it on its playstation classic version uh which is not the crappy micro console but rather the uh, digital version that would that they released for various ps1 titles on playstation 3 and playstation portable and then they also worked on vita too so when i first played it through i think i was playing it on both ps3 and psp and and shifting my save data between the two and then there was that fight with psycho mantis where he unplugs your controller and you need to plug it into controller port too mm-hmm. um no idea how to deal with that like i had no idea how to I knew, and you, you can change which controller you are in the settings yeah. of the emulator, but it still wasn't great. Right. And also, how do you call Meryl? Well, her codex on the back of the box. Yeah. Brilliant. I've got a di- digital version. Can't do that. <laughs> so I needed a guide. Uh, additionally, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 had trophy support and were in HD in the uh, Metal Gear Solid collection on PS3. So that's how I experienced that for the first time. Uh, both Dark Souls and Demon Souls, while I played Dark Souls at launch and fell off it, and Demon Souls not too far from launch. When I eventually got round to it, I had the benefit of having a guide and my friend's help. So I'm glad I waited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I was waiting for that, but I'm glad that when I played it, yeah. that was available. In terms of games that I wish I'd waited on, but realistically, never in a million years I would because I was too excited for them. Mm. Uh, Fallout 4, bit buggy. And if I'd have waited, the DLC would have been available in some kind of collection because without fail, apart from Oblivion and Fallout 3, uh, so I suppose only in two games, but Fallout 76 as well, not that I was going to go back to that though, uh, I have long since been done with Bethesda's RPGs by the time the first DLC has come out. Yeah, yeah. And I've never gone back and played them because I just have no interest in returning because I'm done. I'm done I was fortunate it. to not really have any major Skyrim bugs. I, I'm sure there will have been the odd, you know, person 
running off and into the sky or something like but yes. nothing game breaking whereas you know that was an infamous launch um, but i played that pretty much at launch and got away with it yeah playstation 3 was not good uh, right. for skyrim at all the save data just got bigger and bigger and it took longer and longer to load mm-hmm. um so that wasn't ideal fallout 4 wasn't too bad but it was you know it's no one's favorite fallout yeah i think uh borderlands 3 as well again never in a million years would i have waited any longer to play it but jesus those menus did not work Mm -hmm. uh, and i don't know why they designed them like that uh so they eventually patched it to kind of work and then the ps5 version actually works so you know that's nice uh but yeah mainly just quality of life stuff yeah uh is the reason that i would wait for Mm -hmm. for those games but i don't think i would you make a good point about remakes and remasters as well like i played the last of us uh the first last of us game on um uh ps4 um and that was a really nice way to play it you know Mm. remastered so um i'm sure that game probably worked pretty well at launch so if i'd played it at launch i would have had a great time but yeah just longer uh, longer load times didn't look quite as nice yeah didn't run quite as smoothly so but uh yeah and you make a good point as well about having the guides available um you know there's all kinds of games like that that you know you play them at launch or if you know if you're fortunate like we are sometimes you get games early and yeah. you hit a brick wall you're like well I don't know what i'm bugger. doing now i have no yeah. idea what to do <laughs> at all i also got away with it on reignited trilogy as well which um was a bit buggy at launch um i think particularly spyro 3 was the broken one and fortunately for me not only did i play them in order so that mm. one came last and had totally, that had been fixed a bit by then but also it's the one i was least invested in so i was not so disappointed by that yeah but uh yeah so i've got away with it for the most part with major issues lucky yeah um right it's time yeah for Mm. the big discussion the big discussion it's big discussion time time for the big video game discussion which this week comes courtesy of matthew talmage who says hello peter ben and plop i work in the mental health field and there has been encouraging research that has shown a reduction in different mental health concerns by playing different video games. An example of a headline within the last year is playing Tetris seemed to help with periods of anxiety. What are some games that you may have found helpful to work through a difficult or distressing time? Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. This is the uh, question that I alluded to earlier um, when talking about what we're playing. I am a bit stressed at the moment with um, we've, we've got We've got our wedding coming up. We are, um, we've been trying to move house and we may or may not be moving house and that's stressful. And then, you know, just all the normal stuff on top of that that affects you week in, week out. Just, you know, got got work to do and people in the family are having family issues, all kinds of things. So the other day, um, I just happened to see on Twitter that there's a, you remember Wordle? I do remember Wordle. Remember Hurdle? No. Hurdle, H-E-A-R-D. Okay. Uh, it would play like pop music. And if you guessed it within like one second, you did the best. And then if you guessed it within like five seconds, you know, so like you hear like little bits more and more and you have to guess it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Someone, uh, then there were loads of spinoffs of Hurdle um, with like specific like genres of music or like from soundtracks and stuff and there's a spyro the dragon classic spyro trilogy hurdle now um so it will play a track from one of the levels okay. to guess it as soon as possible gotcha came up on my feed because i think someone i follow had uh tweeted their result and i was like oh okay i'll give this a go and 
listening to, so I guessed the track. I guessed it within one second. Yeah, of course you did. Expert. Yeah. Uh, I, then the following day, I didn't guess it at all because it was a Spyro 3 one. But uh, so not that much of an expert. But I, I would have guessed it. Yeah, you I would have I done. Wouldn't, I would not have been able to do that. Um, but I, uh, so I, I guessed it. And then after that, it plays the whole track for you if you want to just sit and listen to it. It just pulls it from SoundCloud. Someone's uploaded the whole soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just for like the next two or three minutes while I was on my computer doing what I was doing, I had that music playing in the background. And it just immediately made me feel so much more relaxed. And I was like, ah, yeah, I remember. Remember those days. Um, And so now I am playing Spyro on on PS1. Mm -hmm. I'm emulating it at home. And I've just been playing that. And I've been enjoying myself. And I've been relaxing. And it just gives me like, just gives me like half an hour or an hour a day to kind of forget about everything else and just go back to... uh, I mean, it's it's a nostalgia trip, really, isn't it? And it's it's about trying to like put yourself mentally back to a time where you didn't have to worry about weddings and mortgages yeah. and things like that. <laughs> so I'm having a good time with Spyro One. Oh, that's nice. I'm probably going to have a good time with Spyro Two straight afterwards. Um, and uh, I've also similarly in the past few weeks, I've been listening to the soundtrack from uh, the first Beyond Good and Evil game as well. Well, I say the first, the only one. Uh, (laughs) And I might go back to that as well. I think a lot of it comes down to music, actually. You know, I had the idea to play Spyro in the first place because of this hurdle thing. And I'm listening to the Beyond Good and Evil soundtrack, which has some really nice, like, piano melodies and stuff. And uh, I think it's, it's music as much as anything else, or perhaps more than anything else. So plays a big role in the new season of Stranger Things as well, if people have seen that. Right. Music and its importance mm-hmm. to people's mental health yeah. and so on. Yeah, so there's definitely something to be said for that. So um, uh, to answer Matthew's question, I would say, you know, all manner of games, uh, and particularly their soundtracks, are something, uh, you know, that's something that really helps me when I'm a bit, bit wound up and a bit, you know, highly strung. I just yeah. need to unwind. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll boot up any old, like happy charming probably game from my past rather than a current game that mm. uh, you know is going to help me unwind i really like the music of um kena as well yes i uh, found that very relaxing so i might even give that a go if i'm still feeling like i want to unwind with some video games in the next few weeks but uh yeah so those are mine what about yours uh, I'm specifically going to cite the year 2019, which is when we started this channel, mm-hmm. which was we were coming off an incredibly stressful year yeah. uh, that we had at Vidiots. And I think we've spoken at length about that on other platforms mm. about how while we had a brilliant time making silly stuff, it was actually really hard yeah uh both in and out of work yes yes for a variety of reasons uh and then we moved up here obviously very grateful for the opportunity uh that that adam and the cultaholic lads gave us to start anew Mm -hmm. and obviously with their guidance and their belief we're still going today yeah uh but to begin with it was so hard um we were doing everything for like all the stuff that we're doing now but obviously we we can afford to put out more of it now Mm. we had to do between us so we would come in on a monday and we'd both have to write a 2000 word script and then record it and then edit it each Mm. uh so we had two lists that were going out then we were streaming then we were also doing worse games that you were editing and then we were doing the podcast that i was editing and it was just there was so much 
And then my personal relationship with my ex-girlfriend was breaking down at the time as well. Mm -hmm. And that was dreadful. And it was all just sort of, it sort of culminated in probably one of the worst years of my life. Yeah. 2019 was awful. And fortunately, despite the fact that when we did the Game of the Year podcast at the end of the year, we both said, wow, there wasn't an awful lot. I feel like we could just populate the top five yeah. with the games that were new this year that we played. Uh, there was still enough that came out that year that just about carried me through. And I had fortunately a very strong support uh What's the term? Circle? Network. Network, yes. Yeah. Obviously, you here at the office um, and and outside of work as well. And I have my friend who I play games online with quite a lot. So the Game of the Year edition of Borderlands came out. Uh, the first one came out that year because obviously we spoke to Patrick Fenn. And yes. we, we did that we did. stream yeah. where we chatted to Pat and Mikey Newman, who's the voice of Scooter. Mm. And I think one of the writers involved in the game at the time. He was very nice. Uh, he was lovely. And he's got a fantastic channel about films as well. Um, so playing through that again was really fun uh, because basically, because I've played that game so many times, it sort of took a back seat and I was just able to just talk. Yeah. Because uh, talking so important and that helps a lot. Uh, so... That came out. Then I think I played through Borderlands, the pre-sequel again, which was part of the Handsome Collection. Uh, then Borderlands 3 came out that year too. And despite its bugginess, and again, I talked about it in the Game of the Year podcast, despite the fact that it frustrated me and wound me up in a lot of ways in terms of their design choices, it was still my Game of the Year because it was that important to me mm -hmm. at the time. Uh, then The Outer Worlds as well, which I was able to escape yeah. into and really enjoyed. Uh, and of course, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled oh, came yeah. out that year, which it was a, a blast from the past that I really enjoyed. And I have one really sad boy memory of staying up late. Uh, it was like midnight. I was doing those doing the Grand Prix. bloody Grand Prix, the daily challenges yeah, I stuff before I fell off it. Those. Um, and I was listening to sad music <laughs> and I just had a little cry while I was playing Crash Team Racing oh, Nitro no. Fuel. It was awful. It was a really rubbish time in my life. But those games were there and I point to those specifically as games that that helped carry me through a, a very rough time. Yeah. Um, it's so important. You know, it's so important to have not only a support network, but things to distract yourself. Yeah, it is. Um, and to, and to, to help support you through so i'm glad that you know we talk about the stereotypes of games certainly and that if the if, if what matthew's saying is true and i'm sure he's not lying to us in terms of mental health uh having a, uh, a having mental a health uh, survey not surveys uh, not investigations uh, uh studies studies yeah. studies uh starting yeah. to, to prove that video games do have a positive effect on on mental health in various aspects then i think that's only a good thing yeah and i think we can both vouch for that 100 yeah, percent. for sure so yeah but you know if it's not too personal we'd love to hear what how video games have helped or saved you mm. at various points when you've been feeling rubbish let us know in yeah. the comments and uh Thank you so much for watching. You got anything else? Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I was just gonna just thought then at, at the end, um, it's it's a reason to uh, to be able to get together with people as well. Yeah. You know, as much as sitting down and playing something on your own can be just a nice distraction, as you say, it helps you talk to people. If you boot up a game and then while you're playing, you just oh, so how have you been? You know, 
it's a good uh, it's a good opportunity to have a chat to people so it is yeah. it's they're 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 a powerful force for good mm. and they're worth making time for as long as they make you happy and you're not playing something like league of legends where you get yeah. really cross and mm -hmm. call people racial slurs and yeah. throw throw your keyboard at your mum that is a stereotype of a league of legends player right it is, there yeah. and that was that was a harmful negative one and i apologize mm. uh peter where can people find us on the internet uh you can find us at Team Triple Jump, everywhere that's worth being. Mm. YouTube.com and twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's where all of our video content goes out and our live streams on both of those channels. Uh, when we're streaming, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Trialing Badger, and Mr. Black. Hey, did you know that Amazon Prime comes with a Twitch sub just as part of the bundle? So is if it? you've got Amazon Prime, spend the, the Twitch sub on us. You'll get all the benefits. We'll get all the dollar, and everyone will be happy. Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for video and live stream announcements, video content, uh, actual live streams from us as well on Facebook. Uh, Fraser looks after Twitter and Facebook for us and also handles our TikTok, which is TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump. Um, we, me and Ashton did a TikTok mm. the other day. There you go. I'm on it. Uh, I've been on it before, but TikTok superstar, Peter not much. Austin. Yeah, I didn't even see how that one did actually. But uh, ten billion views. If it had done well, Fraser probably would have told us. So maybe it did terribly. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. You can see all of our Patreon tiers there. Um, you can ask questions on this podcast. You can be a podcast producer, and there are podcast adjacent rewards as well. So have a look. We've got a website which is tripleju.mup. That's ju.mp. Spells jump, as Ashton Matthews says. Mm. Uh, if you want to go to our Discord, head to tripleju.mup forward slash Discord. I'll send you right there. We're modded on Discord by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollowise. They're the time to do something. Bloody well know it. That's my impression. That's it. It's a good one. Tripleju.mup forward slash podcast will take you to the audio version of the podcast if you are watching on video right now. Uh, all of our live stream VODs are popped onto YouTube. So go to tripleju.mup forward slash VODs to get there. We do a cameo service. If you go to tripleju.mup forward slash cameo, it will take you to a little portal page, which can then take you down the internet wormholes to our respective cameos. That's me, Ben Ashton, and James Jenkins. He might sing Limp Biscuit for you. Yes. Yeah. I think he would actually with a little. M -m 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 I'm going to cue it up actually. Okay. For the end, so yeah. For the outro. Players out. Uh, and lastly, from me, is uh, our store, which you can get to by going to triplejumpshop.com. Uh, you can also follow at triplejumpshop on Twitter to get the latest news and announcements from the store. Oh, there it is. Um, so go and have a look at our merch. Absolutely. We've got a new shirt coming very soon. Mm. We're in the final, fin finalizing stages currently. Yeah. Uh, why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. Ashton put out a particularly heart-wrenching video. She where she's, I don't know how she seemed to be doing okay when she was talking to us, but she's put out a video that sort of suggests that she's actually dying. It's so, on her Instagram uh, story, yeah. You go it's check that gone out. gone by the time this podcast goes out. Probably, but, probably. Mm. Uh, what am I saying? Lists. We do those every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Plays it. On YouTube. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. And we do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out. 
Why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Why not? So we talked about the summer party. We did. Uh, there was an episode of After Dark that came out on Monday this week yep. for patrons of a certain tier. Just me and Ben. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And we specifically timed this one so that we could do it before we went before I went away. So there would be three of us. Yeah. And then Ashton got plops, didn't she? Yeah. Plop vid 19. But there is a rules boss going out. Yes. It's a good one as well. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was edited by our COVID editor, Kieran, uh, before he went away with COVID. And it was really good. It's really good. So it's Super Mario World, the dance mat challenge. So Ben has to play through some sort of made-up amount of that game um, uh, using a dance mat instead of a controller. It was really hard. It was really hard, and it was a team effort, and even then... We well, did really well. You'll have to see how well we did. We 100% completed it, yeah. absolutely. Um, apart from that, though, I believe that is your lot for this week. We've got a really big video coming soon on the channel. Coming and up then, probably this coming week. And then another huge video coming after that. I suppose we could say what it is. what it is. Um, yeah, we should say. There's a chance, depending on how long Kieran is off, it might not be done. Oh, well, Kieran and Ashton, because we need to do some retakes, but it might not yeah. be done this coming week, but it probably will. Mm. We'll see. It's 101 video games everyone must play. Absolutely. It's really long. It's a it's a it's a two and a two and a quarter hour long video. Uh, it's the the immense effort of one of our writers Cat yeah. and Philip who who checked through it all for us and then Kieran edited the whole thing mm -hmm. and it's 101 games that we as a team think that you should play. Now, it's not a definitive ranking, it's so it's ranked. not number 1 is better than number 101, it's just 101 games and it's also only games that are actually accessible on the last two generations of hardware, so going back to the PS4 and the Xbox 1. Because there's no point us saying you have to play all these games and most of them being, you know, stuff that's on the Game Boy or something yeah, that Dreamcast you can't or something you yeah. can't access. So it has to be on sort of modern consoles. So th those are the caveats. I like how it went to Dreamcast for 101 games you must play. Yes, well, I mean, there's some good games. Great on there. Dreamcast games out there. Uh, so that will hopefully be coming next week, and then the week after that, as you know, it's in development. Development. It's in uh, production at the moment because we post about it on YouTube, and that's every Sonic video game ranked from worst to best. Mm -hmm. So some huge videos coming your way very soon. Really go big. subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Although I don't know why you wouldn't be. Quite frankly, if no. you're listening to this, yeah, so um, well, go do it. Go sort it out. Tell your friends though if they like Sonic. Peter, what's the sponsor again this week? Uh, it's well, it's because have you got the link there? It's uh, it's. An actual real sponsor. Well, we're not sponsored, but we're raising money for uh, Planned Parenthood Federation of America in light of recent events that have gone on yep. over across the pond. Uh, you can head to bit.ly forward slash TJ Charity, all uppercase. Uh, it is case sensitive. Um, why have you, what did you accidentally nearly write there? Uh, Foo. TJ footage, because that's what's on one of our cards. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I went into, the, uh, I was just thinking, I need to pick up the cards for the podcast. TJ Foo Fighters. Yes, um, TJ Foo Fighters. Head to bit.ly forward slash TJ Charity if you would like to support our fundraising. Hopefully we'll have done numerous streams to raise the money, but you can head over and donate whenever you like. So mm. we don't have to be live uh, and the streams may continue into early next week yes this coming week post uh post thank you publishing of this podcast absolutely mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening everybody uh look after yourselves and james jenkins is going to play us out now before the actual music fades up we'll see how much james when he's editing this can put up with it before he just fades it out yeah himself. if it immediately if he just cuts, card cuts, then you know that he's not he's happy like, no, that we've not played doing this. that
That's a different clip. Yeah, it's further along. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.